So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. Good morning. This gonna be about, I guess, Amazon and Bezos. Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> woo! Woo woo woo! So hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self Development with Tactics podcast. And this is actually the first thing that I'm doing today. Actually making the episode and recording it. That's uh, you know incredibly early, but I uh, want to be as fast as yesterday because actually today I I actually didn't get up too late. I think it was ten o'clock. So basically, so normally I, I would have been awake for five hours then, which is then a lot. You know, in five hours you can definitely do just a lot of things. Which is one of the reasons why I do quite not like to just get up so late. I know it kind of feels for me so unproductive. And so therefore, I'm just trying to be as productive as I can so that I do not feel bad. Because this is actually truly something that I feel bad about when I do, um, yeah, when I do, I'm not productive all the time. I do have to be productive all the time or I'm just really gonna not feel good. Um, which is uh, also something, you know, sometimes that's, that's that's pretty fucked up, to be honest. You know, if you're really just, you know, in your train and you've had uh, an 11 hours of school day and then you feel like, hmm, you have to do something and then you start doing something and sometimes it actually comes to the point that, you know, you do something that's quite unnecessary and then you practically are wasting time only for the sake of feeling productive. Something you should not do. I guess, but yeah, but yeah, um, let's see where I have stopped or we have stopped actually, um, because we, um, well, can't see it, can't still see it, now you can see it. Uh, because yesterday, which was uh, the last episode where I've recorded this one, um, because I'm actually doing now two episodes a day because I have my vacation and so on, which is great. But uh, I actually decided that I'm going ahead with Bezos principles, which you know basically means uh, quite what you know why Bezos is so so great or uh, how he got so great and what his qualities are and characteristics and whatsoever that we can learn something from that so me and you um, because I don't know shit uh, which was actually something that I realized yesterday um, because yesterday I was just watching a little bit of you know Gary V videos as quite always when I'm doing something whether it's working whether it's just being outside I just really like to have positive voices in my head in my ears quite all the time and I totally just you know notice the difference when I'm not doing this um, to when I'm doing this and so therefore I just really have to point out way more that I do not know that much because it somehow can feel a little bit cynical for you know especially older people um, whether it be 50 or in the mid 30s 
when a 18 year old guy just tells them something on Instagram what they should do. So therefore just you know pointing out okay I've got this from this person or I've heard this in this podcast or I've read this on this article yeah might be a great thing and might also just you know move people you know even more to do something that they've read on your Instagram post or in your article and whatsoever because then they know okay it's not from that dude they know okay that's from a man that's actually achieved something so yeah, um, because I just went through a little bit of this to actually see if it is long, if it is, is not, if it is enough. Therefore, oh my God, Bezos uh, principles. Where is it? There, Bezos principles. Uh, the customer obsession is the first point, which is totally true. Um, he is obsessed with his customers or obsessed actually, which is great at my point of view, because you can totally notice this. The last time I actually noticed this is uh, was yesterday, because yesterday I checked my bank account and um, I've seen if everything is okay and, you know, what the money is doing and so on. And then I've noticed, okay, somebody stole, quote-unquote stole, <laughs> a great years of mine. And then I've seen, okay, it was Amazon and Amazon Prime, because I have forgotten to actually uh, uh, to actually cancel the, uh, the subscription of Amazon Prime, because I once did it kind of accidentally, because I thought I need to buy uh, some new headphones, because I thought, like, you know, my old ones were broken. The funny thing then was that, you know, on my way home, just, you know, where I was going home or when I was going home, I actually thought, like, you know, I'm gonna use the headphones, headphones anyway because I want to have some positive voices in my head or in my ears. And then I noticed, fuck, they work. And I just, uh, before in school, I actually, um, actually bought the new ones. And, you know, and then uh, for the free shipping, because they were somehow not uh, able to get free shipped, I um, actually took Amazon Prime with it so that I get the free shipping. And, um, yeah, this, then I had to cancel it yesterday and I actually got my eight euros or actually also dollars back, which is totally great. You know, you get your money just back. Very, very great. And, um, yeah, and I do think, you know, you can also just, you know, send back all the packages and all the products you got from Amazon. So I think it's incredibly good what they do in terms of their customers and how they deal with the customers. Um, actually, should I? Yeah, this should be a little bit nicer, isn't it? Um, even though, yeah, it is way nicer, even though... It is pretty close to the border, and as you know me, I hate this. <laughs> and which is actually one of the things why I do not like to go through the paulminus.com website on my phone, because it is so fucking narrow to the fucking border of my phone, or to just the phone like a frame, and which is incredibly disturbing. Incredibly, if you do not have enough space so that you can actually quote unquote breathe, yeah. <laughs> then, uh, yeah. Right now speaks the designer in me. But yeah, um, 
The second one is, or something that's kind of below the first point customer obsession is, leaders start with the customer and work backwards. They work uh, vigorously to earn and keep customer trust. Although leaders pay attention to competitors, they obsess over customers. Um, actually, something I do think uh, I've been gone through in the rework summary, uh, where there was quite, you know, telling me about or telling you about, um, actually not being too quote-unquote obsessed with your competitors like not always watching your competitors and not always watching what they are doing because you somehow could just get caught up and actually just you know giving more attention to your competitors rather than your customers which is something that you should not do because your customers are your oxygen in my point of view because your customers bring you the cash and all the money and the money is just something you need as a business or need as a company or whatever. So therefore, you just need your customers and you just have to take care of your customers. And you have to make a product that your customers like. Whether you like it or not, just doesn't matter. The thing is, your customers have to like it. My point of view, I've read it just really, really often. Um, just really often. I've read it just so incredibly often that is just in my mind and the problem there is to somehow just kind of explain the first point that i was making in the whole video um which was that i actually have to point out more that this information is not particularly from me i be i do believe in the things that i'm reading and i'm saying so therefore it's difficult even though i haven't had a company or even though i haven't had a product or whatsoever i quite know okay if you take care of your customers then your business is great because it's for me it just makes sense but yeah um so he's definitely obsessed with his customers so the early in amazon's life a publisher executive is angry at amazon customer reviews suggesting bezos doesn't understand his business um doesn't understand his business is to sell books not trash not trash them uh, Bezos disagrees. We don't make money. We sell things. We make money when we help customers make purchase decisions. Yeah, makes sense. And actually, I do have to point out that I kind of found this very, very just interesting that Amazon actually bought all the books that they sold initially um, half the price or for half the price, which is definitely way less than just, you know, all the other people have to pay for their things. And um, I do think like, or, or I thought like after I've read this, um, if they actually then sold it for, I don't know, 60% or just to have a little bit of a margin, or if they actually just sold it for the same price as they would just had to, to buy them. But I think definitely a little bit cheaper because then people wouldn't have bought the things online, but, you know, went to just a shop or just a bookstore and bought it there. Um, he edits press releases, speeches, and shareholder letters to remove anything that doesn't speak simply and positively to customers. In 1996, on sharing customer data, Mr. Bezos knows his customers will erupt in outrage if he turns over their files to other marketers. The web, the web, he notes, is the ultimate word-of-mouth medium. If someone thinks they are being mistreated by us, they won't as they won't tell five people, they will tell 5,000 people. Um, which was something uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, published somehow. 
1998, Amazon rolled out a comparison shopping feature so customers could search for any product even if Amazon didn't carry it. This was eventually axed since executives disliked having customers leave, but today Amazon still allows ads for outside retailers wanting to build a trustworthy reputation. And this actually reminds me of something that Gary Vee is often talking about, which is um, which was so incredible for me. It was really fucking incredible for me. Uh, the first time I've, re- I've, I've heard this actually, um, because it was in a podcast, I thought like, wow, it is true, but you're fucking destroying your whole business somehow. But it, it makes sense. And it feels good to do, you know, what he just suggests people to do. Which was, um, he told a story where uh, he was selling his wine. If you do not know, he uh, initially owned a wine store. Or, yeah, first of all, his father owned it and then he owned it somehow or he just was the CEO of it or just managed it and, you know, did all the marketing and whatsoever. Um, But once a customer came up to him and asked him um, for a wine, for a certain wine, I guess, or just for a suggestion of him, um, he actually told the customer that he should go to another wine store because they themselves aren't selling such a good wine that could make the customer happy and this was just amazing for me because you just actually tell your customers to go to another company but this just you lose a lot of money and he could have you know made some money by just you know selling him something the problem there is if you really take care of your customers of your customer you would totally tell them okay please go to another store because they have a better product than we have And I think that's okay, because you're taking care of the people. It just feels great for me, and I think it also just feels right for me. It doesn't feel right for me if you just sell them something just to sell them something. Even though they maybe wouldn't be that, um, yeah, that happy with it. But yeah, let's move on. Let's move on with this great summary. Um... So early on Barnes and Nobles was the giant that promised to quash them. Bessus told staff, you should wake up worried, terrified every morning. <laughs> but don't be worried about our competitors because they are never going to send us any money anyway. Let's be worried about our customers and stay heads down focused. Totally great. And now seem or feel my voice getting a little bit open. I often kind of get in the mood or get in the stage of speaking like this, kind of being a little bit, you know, without breath and without the whole volume I could use through my whole body. Actually, uh, if you're interested in the topic, you know, voice and how to use your voice and how to speak and how to how to just, you know, use it, um, I actually made a video on this uh, featuring a book uh, by... I do not remember him unfortunately but it was quite a great book and it was quite interesting to see how you could actually use your voice the um, quote-unquote right way i do not think there is there is a right way but it was a good way and um, so maybe you just type in voice and my name into google because i'm not going to just you know uh, somehow link it maybe i will maybe we'll just you know um Um, the first thing is how to pursue people using a system and mainly your voice um, which is actually not what I was uh, thinking about Um, but maybe when I just go to videos 
Um, yeah, how to use your voice correctly. Um, yeah, uh, this should be it. And uh, if it is the second episode or uh, the first episode, because I do think it was more than, or was it? I don't remember. It could be like, you know, I've made two episodes about it or one episode about it. And then it should be the, uh, not the next episode, but the episode after the next episode um, on my channel uh, after this certain video or the same exact thing before it and then you know okay this was the first one or quite the second one but yeah uh, in negotiating with Toys R Us in 2000 Bezos made a show of keeping one chair open at the table for the customer <laughs> quite great really great so new product ideas need to be written in the form of a mock press release, starting with what the customer would see and working backwards, which is basically the thing that I often hear also in terms of, you know, actually Gary Vee telling me this, um, which is, um, is it re-engineering? No, it's not re-engineering, but uh, something with engineering, which basically means that you set your goal and then just re-engineer or engineer backwards what you have to do now or what you have to do tomorrow or what you have to do in the day that, sh that you actually somehow get to your goal you know in a certain or not certain amount of time um, when a user gets an embarrassing email about sex lubricant Bezos is willing to shut down the entire profitable email channel we can build a 100 billion company without sending out a single fucking email wow you know, it's just amazing. He really takes care of the customers. And um, I think he still does it. And I think you still can feel it. And this is also incredible. It is such a big company with so many employees and so many customers that you totally still feel, okay, he cares about the customers. And he cares about what they say, how they feel and whatsoever. I wonder if they have a great support, even in my country or even with the German one because Austria themselves... Uh, or itself doesn't have an Amazon uh, page actually because we all have to go to the uh, Amazon.de which is the German page um, but yeah uh, it uses its massive power to cut better deals with suppliers uh, hurting their businesses but in the belief that low prices make products more affordable to Americans a huge ambition and scope moonshoot approach which is quite the second point about you know what his quite principles are or what his characteristics are um, and then the first thing of uh, huge ambition scope is thinking small is a self-fulfilling prophecy which is a quote of him i guess um, leaders create and communicate a bold direction that inspires results they think differently and look around corners for ways to serve customers yeah yeah uh, from uh, in the in the, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, in the Jason, Bezos imagined an everything store where the entire Earth's catalog was accessible to anyone. Um, it's not still there, I guess, but it will be. Um, yesterday I actually talked about um, them selling trips, like, you know, vacation trips and whatsoever. Um, you know, I think it really doesn't take a, a long time until they actually sell these things. Um, and actually boats and you know I don't know planes and whatsoever I guess this all will come and I'm totally uh, just really interested in uh, what he's going to do because he's into just uh, 
voice and voice seems to be the future i don't know i only hear gary you know just you know all the time talking about this but i don't know if voice is really the future or not i don't know the shit so when hiring walmart distribution executive jimmy wright in 1998 bezos wanted wanted a distribution system 10 times larger than it currently was, not just in the US, but also the UK and Germany, and a system that will handle everything but an aircraft carrier. Wow. Uh, in the toy season in 1999, Bezos insists on spending $120 million to stock every toy imaginable. They eventually end with a lot of surplus inventory. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So when building the AWS S3 system or service, Bezos said, this has to scale to infinity with no planned downtime infinity. Sorry, I'm gonna read this just incredibly great now. Um, this has to scale to infinity with no played downtime. Infinity. Like this is right. <laughs> oh god. Brad Stone, the future of the company becomes easy to predict. The answer to almost every cons conceivable question is yes. Will Prime become same-day shipping? Yes. Will Amazon one day run its own delivery? Yes. Um, the third point is the bold... The bold... Yeah, the boldness, I guess. Or it's just another point of his scope, but with another... Uh, points below it quite. Um, the boldness. Bezos says, physically I'm a chicken, mentally I'm bold. Um, in, its, in its first letter to shareholders, we will make bold rather than time-timid investment decisions. To eBay and Amazon board member Cook, um, to eBay and Amazon board member Cook, we are going to win, so you probably want to consider whether to stay on, e on the eBay board. Where does it stay on the email board? Yeah, makes sense. You know, I do think... Hmm... Bezos is the CEO of Amazon, right? Hmm. Because it would be interesting if he wasn't the CEO, um, what the actual CEO just is making, you know, quite through his job at Amazon. Because this is the funny thing that I'm quite often talking about, that... Tim Cook actually is only an employee at Apple. I guess. You know, he maybe has a lot of shares. I don't fucking know. But he's making 18 fucking millions a year. 18. And this is just amazing. You know, isn't it? For just being quite an employee of a company. Yeah, you are number one. That's, you know, for sure. But you have to be like, you know, if he's making as number one, 18 million a year, then theoretically, I'm just assuming now, number 18 um, would just be able to make a million a year, which is totally a lot, which is, how much is it? Uh, uh, is this right? Nah. One, two, three, four, five, six, which would be eighty-three fucking thousand dollars a fucking month. A fucking month. What? What is he doing? What the fucking hell? 
18 million. Is he making 1.5 million a month? What the fuck? What the fucking hell? One point, just imagine making 1.5 million a month. I do not know if he's actually getting you know, this paid or if he has a lot of shares or if he gets equity in the company, you know, whatsoever. But uh, it is still a, still a lot, you know, whether he you know gets it as cash somehow or as he just gets it as shares or, you know, whatsoever. Um, breaking away from the vision, innovation. Leaders ex- expect and require innovation and invention from their teams and always find ways to simplify uh, they are extremely aware, look for new ideas from everywhere and are not limited by not uh, not invented here. As you do new things, we accept that we may be misunderstood for long periods of time. Uh, pension, pensions, pensions for doing things as they always have been done, without reasoning from first principles, are rejected. People who insist on this don't last long. I... I always hated this. I really always hated this. Sorry for actually not showing you this. There it is. Um, I really always hated it. I cannot tell you how much I actually hated this. You know, people actually telling me, okay, you have to do it like this because it has always been done like this. Total bullshit. Really total bullshit. You know, why would I do things? Because some people tell me to do them because they were done just all the time like this. Doesn't make any fucking sense for me, you know. I'm just doing the things like I either want them to do or how they're working the best for me. You know, why would I do some things that aren't just working out for me in this some kind of way, but still just, you know, do the exact same thing in a just, you know, why wouldn't I do it in my way if it is just working fine for me? I've never quite understood this, but I can't actually give you an example where this happened to me, but... But I often do things some somehow in another way than it should be done because I feel like, you know, this is working better for me. So why should I just do it in this way or that way or whatsoever if I could do this in my way? But yeah, but yeah, sometimes you cannot do anything against this because maybe you do also have not the the quite. I can I quite remember an example I think, um, which was basically. Uh, we in school because we are a graphic design school and we also have to just um, go through analog printing techniques which would be uh, with copper you know you basically just uh, how should I actually explain this Um, you actually just uh, just uh, somehow hmm, you do not scratch the copper but you actually take pieces out of it Do you or do you actually, uh, or do you? No, I think you just scratch, you know, the whole copper and then you basically put paint on it and then you print it somehow. Um, And then other techniques like, I don't know, uh, you know, with wood or with some kind of a plastic and all these things and with uh, just, uh, what is it called? Um, silk screen printing, yeah, sure, silk screen printing, which was great, which was incredibly great, which was actually, uh, I've printed this t-shirt with it, um, for kind of event, uh, didn't work out like I wanted it to work, <laughs> to be honest, but uh, it's great, it's great to have, uh, you know, somehow, yeah, to somehow know how all these old 
just printing techniques, you know, worked and, you know, whatsoever. And then, you know, one teacher always tells me, okay, you have to do it like this, or you have to do it like that or whatsoever. And I always kind of feel like, you know, uh, I just want to do it my way. Can't I do this? And the problem there is, even though I'm thinking like, you know, I want to do this my way, quote unquote, my way. Um, I don't have any experience in this in this space. So maybe what she's saying is just, you know, how it worked for her or how it just worked for a lot of people. I don't know, because I do not have as much experience as she has. And this is another problem. If you are in a space that you're not quite knowledgeable in and then you just make decisions or just make assumptions, dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. In 1997, Bezos wanted to conduct annual reviews of advertising agencies to make them comp compete for Amazon's business. A marketing executive explained the industry didn't work that way and he didn't last long. <laughs> uh, and Bezos called Amazon the unstore. Unboundly by traditional retail rules, it had it had limitless shelf space, personalized personalization for every customer, allowed negative reviews, placed uh, placed used products right next to new ones, and so on. Amazon considered minimum advertised price (MAP) to be a relic to be a relic of old business. It violated this by hiding prices in a shopping cart and allowing third-party third-party sellers to list lower prices, leading to a torturous relationship with Wasthof, W-U-S-T-H-O-F. As, um, as a company grows larger, it starts viewing its own internal practices as tradition. Bezos dubs this, uh, dubs this the institutional no, or uh, internal resistance to unorthodox moves or unorthodox moves. He asks each director to share an example of the institutional no from her past. Um, and longtime CIO Rick Dalsel, he's bound only by the laws of physics. He can't change those. Everything else he views as open to discuss to discussion, which is totally great. And if I've you know got the right information out of it, he actually asks how the 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 stuff is doing and how the people who are working for him are doing, how they are feeling about certain things and whatsoever. And I think this is great. And uh, <laughs> I really somehow hope that I really get in the position of actually having my own business, even though I'm quite actually pondering about uh, around with myself at the time if this is actually something for me. Or if I'm just more like an artist, more like, you know, someone that is just doing things rather than having a business. But I do somehow hope that I will come into the position and actually just know how this is feeling. It would actually be very interesting. You know, something that I think a lot of people won't have the opportunity for to actually have their own business and see what this is like quite. And yeah, this is quite it with the episode. I do hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've got something out of it. This was actually one of the greatest episodes I had in quite a long time, to be honest, because everything worked out. Everything was fine. Everything quite went fluently. I liked it. I really liked it. Yeah, I wish you the best health, wealth, happiness and success. And still do not forget to uh, yeah, think about how you're going to be remembered and giving back to the people because this is important. So and basically also about your legacy. With this being said, 
Hope you have a wonderful day. And I'll see you today, maybe, or tomorrow, or yesterday. Have I seen you yesterday? Never mind. <laughs> I'll see you.